0: Welcome folks. I'm here with Sylvia and Michal. They have been experimenting with micro-solidarity for a while. We last had a recorded conversation on the 2nd of December, checked, And uh, at that stage you had two crews. You weren't really committed to the idea of a congregation yet. You're like exploring the idea. Um, and I thought now would be a good time to just connect and get some updates, hear what's been happening because you just recently had a gathering. So Obviously, things have developed somewhat. um, But I feel like I don't have much insight into what's been happening. So uh, I'd love to hear a little bit of the story about what's happened in the last six months or whatever it's been. And then if we can go into some detail about the gathering and like, yeah, what what went into that and what came out of it, I guess, is is my big questions. But let's start with an update. What's happened in the last six months?
1: (laughs) A lot. Yeah, I guess in kind of this macro level, basically. So we came to Pico in February 2020, right? So one year and a half ago. And then in June, we started to play with micro solidarity. And it started with a bi-weekly sharing circle. And then sometime throughout doing all those circles, um, we realized, okay, let's try a gathering. And we did a winter gathering. So that was, I think, just after we spoke the last time. And it was very chaotic. It was more, it was anchored around Christmas, few days, but we weren't really being together. It was kind of come on whenever you want. It was more like, you know, a walk here, a dinner with friends here, and a Christmas kind of party thing the other day. Um, and it was a bit chaotic and kind of a bit random, but it was nice. We had some things com- coming out from there. So we had the drum crew um coming out from there which is my personal favorite um and yeah and before we had the association for helping animals in the island coming from the bi-weekly sharing circle so those are those two crews that you mentioned and then we kept going with the bi-weekly sharing circle and at some point we thought hey let's do a summer gathering but this time let's actually do um something more organized more thought through more intentional not just like hey let's have people for dinner three different times in a span of a week, but actually, let's make a gathering happen. Um, and for context, you know, here in Pico, the, the COVID restrictions are mild. So it was never really a problem to do that physically. Um, so, yeah, this is kind of like this very big picture. So now we just came out of the, um, of the gathering, the physical summer gathering that was last weekend. So, yeah, quite recently, it already felt like long time has passed since then. Um, yeah, now we're here. So this is like a big macro update. I don't know, Silvia, do you want to add something to that?
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe something that's worth mentioning is that when we arrived, there was already some sort of, um, there was maybe not a sense of this kind of coherent community, but there were like little other groups. Like for example, there was already a women's circle. There were other, small maybe more informal crews that were um, made of people that are now part of this bigger congregation but they were already doing things and then since we arrived we just kind of formalized it and it became a thing that everyone is aware of and therefore we can make things with it so it's not like we started something completely from scratch there were already connections and there was already this network Um, so yeah, I think this is the only thing that, that makes sense to add right now.
0: Um, can you say what is the difference between informal and formal?
2: Hmm, maybe a better way to to say it is- um, Is it like a dress code? <laughs> maybe more like conscious and unconscious or like intentional or like random. I think there is a, a knowing that there is something like a congregation right now. And that there is this community of people and that there is an intention for us to keep connecting deeper and possibly work on projects together. And this is something that the sharing circle really made possible. And now the gathering as well, because in the gathering, and we can talk more about that as we go into that, into it, um, The gathering really was based on the intention of okay let's get to know each other better let's talk about things that are relevant to us let's talk about projects that we are already doing and see how we can connect on those and how we can make things happen within this community so it's like becoming acknowledging that this is there so maybe this is what i meant by formal or informal
1: one thing maybe to add here also is that I don't know if this is a thing of a small island, but the default here is to kind of be a part of a community. You know, people, this is the way of life here. So people, you know, give each other food when they have surplus and help each other. So this is very natural, but I think maybe also this kind of informal setting for us, specifically me and Sylvia, once we came across micro solidarity, we just really started thinking in this framework It just sounded like something that makes sense. And we started to try to implement it here and use this blueprint and this kind of methodology of, hey, let's think in those different lenses. We have pods or crews, we have congregations, how we can weave it all together. And let's use the scaffolding that you suggested with the gatherings and all this heartbeat. So there was this, not really hidden, but there was this intention behind it. Like, hmm, let's try to apply this framework Let's see what happens. The soil is already fertile because people naturally do these things, but what happens if we make it more specific? And I was mentioning to people, you know, a little bit about micro solidarity, not like in a lecture sort of thing. So we never had like a meeting, hey, let's do this micro solidarity thing. It was more like, Hey, I'm this guy and Sylvia is this girl, and we know of this framework, and let's just do this thing um so yeah this
0: is something to add is there a um is there a sense of like a membership or of being like a defined threshold of being in or out Mm,
2: yeah I, i i would say that maybe the boundaries are not completely uh defined so it's like a little bit blurry but so for example um I think there are certain crews. Uh, for example, let's say this women's circle. Um, I was a part of it at some point, but then uh, I, I just I just didn't go anymore. Um, but but it's like it it's clear that people who are in our wow, it's so weird like to talk specifically about this because it's something that I never really articulated before. But it's like. People who are part of this crew, this women's circle, and then people who are part of our sharing circle, which was kind of the, the, the place that gave birth to this feeling of congregation, it's kind of um, assumed that we are connected in some way and that they are adjacent to this in-group and even if, uh, you know, I don't have a, a, a relationship with, with a specific person from the women's circle, it's like assume that we are both invited to be as, at a specific event that is from this community. And and this happened, for example, now with this gathering, which has made a big list of all these adjacent um, people who are part of of something like, Uh, some of these groups that are somehow connected and and they were just invited and they are kind of automatically invited so there Mm. is a sense of that but it's but I don't know if everyone has the same idea of where the boundaries are Um, but I would say they kind of do intuitively Mm. I I would guess that what do you think Michal?
1: I think it's also part of the context of a small island that. It's unavoidable that Mm. you know pretty much all of these people. So even if you know we do a sharing circle and there's maybe around ten or twelve people, but usually like maybe nine to eight are coming regularly. It's yeah, we meet those people from other sharing circle, the women's circle, or you know, there's just so much mix and match and there's different groups interested in different things and then there's things like helping each other with farming or building something so it's and birthdays and things like that and because it's a small place we tend to meet each other so so i think there are some specific events or crews that are more have like more explicit membership like for example the drum crew you know like we 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 are open for more people but it's quite clear who is in the drum crew and who isn't um and even when we drum on a kind of bigger event when there's more people that they just pick up a drum and join you know then we are just jamming together but they're not coming to the practice that is every second week so some of these have separate; that are ex- different but there are some parts that are yeah the, the, the borders are very fluid and it's also very easy to join some of the other ones and kind of move where you want to position yourself and be a part of many things so yeah it's a bit maybe not so explicit
0: yeah that um i didn't grow up on a on an island but i think um where i lived in new zealand i mean new zealand is a big island right (laughs) so it's quite familiar the sense of like you kind of know who to invite even though there's not an official membership list um so yeah let's get to the gathering I, I, I'd love to hear it first just like whenever I hear I always want um I always want to hear about people's gatherings and sometimes they jump too quickly to their insights and like deep reflections and I'm like I'm like no I want to know about the objective details like <laughs> what happened how long was it what did you do when you were there like was there money involved was there food was there accommodation like tell me the facts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So. It lasted for um, well, the whole thing was kind of five days, but the first and the last days were just for the organizing crew to be there, preparing the site and then clearing up. Um, and the organizing crew was pretty much open for anything to anyone to participate. And then there were three days when there were specific activities. There were four of us taking care of uh, logistics and planning and. Taking more responsibility for organizing the gathering, and, and two, of, two of them were Mihao and I. Uh, it there was it was donation based, so the expenses were pretty much food and electricity and um, water and, and gas. And it was at our friend's place, and he has um, he has like two buildings. There's a kitchen. There's also an open space for like workshops indoors and then there's a lot of outdoor space so we were camping not everyone was staying there every night but so it was like sort of open come and go as you like and a lot of people ended up camping uh for the whole thing and yeah this is actually something that is maybe also relevant to talk about and this is something that we debriefed and and talked a lot about which was like the fact that it was open for you to come and go as you like and some people were only there at specific points and and then the difference between people who were there throughout the whole thing and people who just kind of came at the end or in one specific day. Uh, So, yeah, it was donation based. It was volunteer based. Whoever wanted to help with whatever did so and whoever wanted to contribute financially also did so. And it's so yeah, there was not like any profit, basically. Um, but it covered the costs. I think this kind of answers your questions.
0: And then what are some of the activities that happened during the main three days?
1: So we had, um, well, there were meals, right, like the kind of the defining parts. Um, and do we design the program kind of intentionally to make it very light on activities and not like you know overloaded with so many things. Also because we didn't know how many people will be there. It's summer and lots of our lots of our friends are involved in tourism, so this is the time when they work to cover all their year's expenses. Um, so this is also why we kept it open so people can come and go. Um, but yeah, so we had around, I think, eighteen people camping. And some of them had to leave at some points. And then in total, we had maybe 26 or eight to something like this almost 30 people that show up in total, even for like one event that's including kids. Um, so, because of that, we yeah, like the, it was a bit challenging to maybe schedule the program, but yeah, we deliberately kept it very open. So, it was basically the schedule was. There was something before breakfast, which mostly was like movement related, but it happened just once. So out of three days. And then there was breakfast. Then we had the morning activity. Then there was lunch. Then there was afternoon activity, dinner, and then after dinner activity. So that was the plan. And we planned the activities to be like around one hour, one hour and a half. So there was actually a lot of free space in between, partially because we wanted the people who were helping in the kitchen. So we had always two people cooking for an entire day. And we wanted them to be able to participate as much as possible. And since we were quite still a small group, we just wanted to have one activity, not like you can choose to go either here or there, to kind of stay together. Um, And from activities we did, what did we do? We had an opening session. So that was just kind of you know grounding, landing, sharing the intention of why we're there. Uh, We had... And also authentic relating games after that. So connecting people and just having them yeah, like we get to know each other because even if we know each other, pretty much almost every single person knew almost every single one, either like just knowing them high high, but not everyone knew each other very well. So so there were, and there were also a few people that were completely new to most of us. So it was very interesting. Um, and then we had the PCOM mapping activity. So basically the idea was to create a big map of projects and resources and spaces that exist in Pico that we know of, not just between ourselves but more. This was something I started doing um, for fun in the in the Gitbook that we have with the documentation. But now I thought, okay, we have all these people here. Let's expand. So so you know, we just had a workshop on that, which was very interesting because like so many things are happening here. It's it's mind blowing how much the this island contains in terms of activities. And then we had, what was the first night? Do you remember, Silva? It
2: was jam session ah, gem
1: playing session. playing around the yeah. fire. So this is something that is very, it's a kind of default activity. Lots of people here play music and it's enough to create this critical mass that even people who don't play music, there's always spare instruments. So everyone ends up playing music together, which is a very nice way to connect. And then the second day, we had like this movement thing in the morning but it didn't happen because the party went way too long and (laughs) nobody was awake at that time. Uh, Then there was a life stories. Yes that was just basically we were exploring our past with some kind of embodied exercise and then sharing in the circle things that came up for us in this kind of fork in the road moment of our lives so everybody who was there shared about some kind of experience that they had and then we had hmm, painting, memory
2: painting, rocks. painting
1: yeah we did like this community rock community garden so we have one person here who is a professional artist so she led this workshop of rocks. So like we, usually
2: yeah. there were different people organizing, facilitating different activities. So this was also volunteer. When, when we made the yeah. program, we left empty spaces and asked, so who wants to organize something here? And sometimes we also came up with an idea. So there's this thing that would be cool to do. So, for example, with the life stories, it was like this. We thought that it would be cool for us to learn about each other. And we asked a friend of ours, would you like to do this? Because you're we think you would be good at this and then like the workshop the painting workshop our friend just just said she should be up for doing that because it's something she does yeah.
1: then we had the capoeira class because one yeah. of our friends is into capoeira and then in the evening we had angels walk or love panel it has different names but it's like this very profound deep connection activity for a group that actually changed the energy completely oh, that's amazing so even so people good. who didn't participate, the next morning, they said, wow, something is different. And it was just <laughs> mind-blowing. Uh, best do you want to zoom
0: happen- in on that and tell me all the details about the objectives? You know, I mean, how does it work?
2: About this activity? You yeah, want Yeah. So, so basically, it's, um, it's a tunnel. So there's two lines of people. And we did it outside, and the weather was beautiful, and it was nighttime, and there was a fire, and there was, you know, like fairy lights, and it's this beautiful garden at our friend's place. So it's like already the the environment is just so conducive to something beautiful uh, to happen. And then there's two lines of people, and they they are facing each other. And then there's one person at the beginning and one person at the end, and one at a time each person from that is in the lines comes to the top of the line and the person who is here sends them into the tunnel and they send them by hugging them and telling them uh, why you know this person is loved what is great about them why the group loves them so basically just sends all the love to this person for a few minutes, and the person is just listening. And the purpose is for this person to not say anything, not say thank you, not speak, not do anything, and just receive that love. And then the person goes into the tunnel, and everyone expresses love for that person. It can be through touch, it can be through whispers, uh, it can be you know anything that you like. It can be you know holding hands. It can be just like caressing the person, hugging and it's just very very powerful so each person goes one at a time and this person is here at the top sending the person through the middle and then at the end there is another person receiving everyone and just kind of hugging them and putting them back at the end of the line and then everyone goes through that process so that's the angel's walk and the the, the, the further you, you go like the more you do it at towards the end there's just such a feeling of you're high on giving and receiving love so it was really powerful
1: and you can work you? with eyes closed yeah you work with adds, eyes closed yeah so it's very slow very slow
0: have you ever done it on mdma
1: no
0: <laughs> i can recommend it
1: <laughs> i can imagine yeah yeah um,
0: so what was the impact of that do you think
2: Um, I know that for people who weren't there, there was one girl that was saying, um, that she immediately felt that something changed the morning after that there was this atmosphere of love and everyone seemed much more open. Um, and another person said the same thing, actually. For me, it just, um, I I mean, I've done this kind of activities before and, um, and, and it, it just felt like this kind of familiar sense of just knowing how to be more loving towards people and how to like more promptly giving compliments, for example, just, just comes very naturally and effortlessly or just like my, my instinct when I see someone is just to hug them and, and thank them for what they've been doing that day or, you know, saying what, what looks great about them that day. And this was just like a vibe after that, just coming very naturally. And then the more each of us did it, the more we did it collectively. So it kind of spread it out. Um, I don't know about you, me how would you say it changed for you?
1: I think you described it quite accurately. It felt like some kind of almost climatic moment. Mm. that really shifted everything and just you know even yeah the sense of expressing love constantly towards other people just became so much more present but also a sense of I don't know calmness in that so it was like this very even the morning after people were just seeing each other and just smiling and hugging each other and it was not this like crazy ecstatic energy, but it was just very grounded, very peaceful presence with each other and this feeling like, oh yeah, I see you. I'm grateful you're there. Uh, you know, let's share this beautiful moment together. Um, and I think it really affected everyone. Like, I mean, we also heard in feedback when, when people are sharing that this was very commonly named like the one of the highlights. And I think for some people that still had some kind of I don't know if boundaries is the right word, but, you know, like they were still a little bit closed or had some kind of, you know, like mm, this a little bit not fully connected to everything that was gone at that point, like just hard, wide open immediately. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then as Sylvia said, the more it was then happening, the more it was happening. So it just kept growing from there.
0: My um, My understanding of that, the way I think about it is... I have this model of like that everyone is walking around kind of like a bank balance but it's it's not money it's acceptance and some people had a really amazing childhood and so like their acceptance balance is, is full but most people have have like a deficit there and there are ways of interacting that kind of top up each other's balance and you can when it's so intense like that you can actually get everyone above into a positive mm. thing and then they all maintain and it holds this And and I, I really feel it does some kind of potentially even like a physical healing to people as well as the sort of psychological thing that has a lasting, lasting impact. Um, Was there anyone, do you think that that was uncomfortable, um, you know, that would, that would be really defended about um, physical affection, for instance, or like, did you feel that you had to be concerned for people's boundaries in that sense, or was everyone already kind of relaxed enough that that wasn't cringy?
2: It was with the people who were there it was I think everyone responded really well to it and was very open to to receive that there was one person that uh didn't participate at all also this was a person that came like just halfway through uh and just showed up that day Mm -hmm. um and I don't really know this person very well just I've talked to them like once or twice but there's a strange relationship between this person and mostly everyone in the group um and they are already not very open to this kind of activities and they had certain expectations as for what they they thought was going to be happening this night mostly like i i think from what i've heard they want they expected that there was going to be just like playing music and getting drunk and um, having fun so there was a bit of a mismatch of expectations and also it, I think for this person this was just like this very cringy thing that was happening but they didn't even participate so it kind of like already uh, filtered uh, who was interested and who wasn't and really the other, the only person that we know of that wasn't interesting was this person and everyone else was just like there were maybe three or four people who didn't participate but I don't think it's because they didn't like the idea, it was just because they were doing other things. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think this was the only case.
0: This is the, uh, like, for designing an event, like I always wanna have one or two climax moments in there where you can, obviously you can't make these things happen, but you can set up the conditions so they're more likely to happen. Yeah. Um, and I'm always attentive to, there's gonna be, you know, three or four or 5% of people that are just like, for any good reason, not up for that at that time. And so it's like, how do you give them a graceful way to opt out Mm. and not feel like ostracized or like i'm doing it wrong or there's something wrong with me like that there's a good option to go and do something else
1: Mm. that's a very very good point and i think i was already thinking it like the day before that i i don't think we did a very good job of holding that person very much because like you know there was i we didn't have like an explicit conflict, but I could feel that there was some kind of vibe mm-hmm. that, and this vibe didn't really affect the gathering because it was just too much of positive, you know, to really make any difference. But I know for this person, I mean, I, from, again, I haven't heard cause I also didn't talk much to them, but from what I heard is like, they said something like, you know, I'm not coming ever again to this like bullshit. Um, which is fair enough. Like in one hand, I I don't feel too bad about it because it's not for everyone, and that's totally fine. People have different expectations and needs. Um, but it's good to hear that also from you. Like that, it the fact that it doesn't not every activity has to be for everyone it doesn't mean that we cannot find ways to hold space so everyone can still be present and involved. And there is not this like separation like, oh, you don't participate in this, so you don't belong here. And I think we didn't really think much of that um, before. And then as it was going, we didn't really have enough hosting energy to participate in this thing and then still hold that person. So yeah, it's it's definitely something to improve for the next time.
0: Um, One of the filters that I bring to event design is what about the people who are feeling lonely and isolated, you know? So like, I've been to a festival before and it's like a thousand people having a great time and I'm in my tent by myself, just feeling completely disconnected. And I'm like, I don't know where to go. There's all this activity, but I don't know how to plug in. And um, um, I think we've done with spiral gatherings in the past when there's um, uh, some kind of peak moment, We'll just make sure that someone else is hosting another space, and it's like, oh, there's going to be board games over there if you want to play board games, or you know, like that. That, yeah. that there's a there's really been some attention given to that. I think it, that the problem just gets bigger with more people, you know, like problem. I mean, the design challenge, and like you say, you can't attend to everyone's needs all the time. And people should know that this kind of work is incredibly cringy. So if you don't like being <laughs> earnest, <laughs> then maybe it's just not the right place. <laughs> Um, were, were there other activities in the schedule that are worth talking about?
1: Then we had the last day. We had um, we had yoga in the morning before breakfast. So that was the actual, the only physical morning thing that happened. there was not many people there. It was just two of us and the yoga teacher. So <laughs> really very, no, three of us. So yeah, very, very small. Um, and there was and lightning
2: we, talks. So it was this um, space where... <clears throat> everyone uh, could present something for 5 minutes just talk about something or or do something for the group and that was really cool and it ended up being quite different than we actually planned because it ended up being more practical than just talking so it was more like interactive activities and the, and people were like okay i'll show you this skill and how you can learn it um And then the last afternoon, we're supposed to have a treasure hunt, but we were just too busy to (laughs) organize that. So we ended up having a free afternoon and that was actually great.
1: Yeah. And the closing moment. Yeah. And then there was a party in the evening, which was awesome because we had this beautiful ruin and we just really designed it to make it a beautiful, beautiful space. And then, you know, we had sound system and then the music turned into live music. And it was just amazing. Um, so it was like this you know farewell moment and then the next morning we were just cleaning up so pretty much everyone but everyone stayed to help and we spent like a whole day to and it was um, really nice
2: this final morning because it was like okay it's officially over but we are now here all together and there's we're just going to be cleaning so it feels it felt like Things got integrated and we were just like resting in this aftermath and digesting everything together and s- sitting in the sun and having breakfast and mm. slowly without pressure just cleaning and and kind of bringing it to, to a close.
1: Yeah, this is something maybe worth mentioning that this, this last day especially felt so slow
2: mm-hmm. and like
1: it was almost like this meditation and you know... We came there and then there was breakfast, which was like two hours later than normally. And, you know, people were just kind of showing up whenever and then sitting in the sun and just chilling. And then at some point, you know, things started to be moving and moving some boxes and putting things away. But it was like this very slow, Mm. deliberately slow process. And it was amazing to feel that like no stress, no pressure. We didn't need to rush to clean it up. No, it just takes its time
0: it was very beautiful nice um from what you're describing if i've got it right it sounds like as far as the you know designed activities uh it was you were always doing one thing at a time there wasn't like parallel tracks and that parallel was only in the informal time people would do whatever they want um did you have any um like small subgroups, like crews or something, they were also meeting, or was it always you'd come. Everyone would come together to do the activity, and then you go into free time.
2: Uh, there were there were crews forming, maybe naturally. I don't think they were very defined, but but I think some people naturally gravitated towards each other. But there were there was also a lot of mixing. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that there were people that were never like together with other people, but. Yeah, th- there were some like lightly formed crews, I think, for, especially from people who already knew each other from before and then other people didn't know them, but I think it integrated mm-hmm. quite well. Anything else to add, me to that?
1: But I think it was more spontaneous. Like we didn't deliberately design yeah. it. So like you have your own small crew for the gathering. It was more like, you know, Hey, if we do, um, it was, I think, was either, you know, I just happened to be there and there's two other people and we decide, oh, instead of going to this activity, let's just go for a walk in the woods. Yeah. Or based around an activity. So, for example, when last day we were designing the ruin for the party, um, I kind of had the idea who would enjoy this. And I asked those people explicitly if they want to participate and they really enjoyed it. And then we had like a small crew based around the task. Mm-hmm. So it was more happening like this, yeah. but it was not explicit by design.
0: Yeah, cool. And most, most in spiral gatherings will have crews designed like assigned at the start. And this is again, it's a numbers thing that once like once you have 60 people or something, there'll be a few that feel really left out or they don't know how to connect or something. Um, and so it's like five to 10 people are going to meet. And there's a time in the in the schedule, you know, like every morning at 10 o'clock or something, do you have crew time? And that, I think it gives people um, a less, it's like a less complex environment. It's like, okay, these are the familiar people that I know. And I can, maybe I got a bit overwhelmed or confused or whatever by the big experience. But the small experience is just like, okay, I can manage this. Mm.
2: Yeah, I think the group was quite small that this didn't need to happen because it just happened naturally. Also because most people knew everyone else and people and at at least everyone knew like one or two other people that they were close with. So I don't think anyone was feeling isolated i don't Mm -hmm. think this was a problem at all like people were sometimes isolating themselves just like to take space and breathe and and be with themselves but in a healthy intentional way Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, another question you mentioned about people coming and going and you wanted to have that flexibility for people having to other work responsibilities and stuff um what do you feel was the trade-off there Like, it's good to give people flexibility, but did it it have some kind of negative consequence as well, do you think?
1: I mean, I think what we debriefed, so after the gathering was finished on Sunday, we had also like a debriefing session and this really came up strong. Mm. So I think because of the Pico context, it's not really possible to have many people commit for three or five days to just be there the entire time. I mean, we could make this decision, but it would really limit the amount of people who can show up. And we didn't want to do that. So the alternative that we, it's not like we were forced to do it, but we thought, okay, let's experiment with just keeping it open. So we send the invite to people and we said, you can come in for any time you want, even if it's one event, that's fine. I think it didn't work very well. Um, especially for people coming up. And, you know, we had kind of a funny situation where one person came for the closing session, which just made not (laughs) much sense. And then the farewell party, okay, fine. But it was also a bit random. And then we had two people that, four people that came during um, just like kind of evening and then a bit of next morning, it was also a bit weird. Um, But what we found is that people who came and were camping there, so this kind of core group of people, and there was one person who didn't camp but lived very close, so they were participating a lot. Um, Even if they were disappearing at some points, like to go to work or just leave, and one person actually was there just like for one day and one evening, and that was it from the whole gathering, but you could kind of sense that they are there because they were there in the beginning. So I think the lesson for us here, how to navigate this—you know—not being able to just close the event and keep people there, because of course then you contain the energy inside. It's it's amazing, right? Uh, but I think what we're gonna do next time is we're gonna have the opening session and we'll give people deadline to arrive into the gathering. So for example, you know, before breakfast next morning, and if you don't arrive by this time, the doors are closed. But if you arrive by this time, you can then, you're flexible to come and go at any point. Um, So, you know, like, of course, ideally we would design it to be like, you come and you stay there for the five days, but this is just something that it's not practical and realistic here. So that's kind of the idea how we want to try next time.
0: Yeah, that's that's a cool, that's a cool suggestion. I've never, I mean, I'm familiar with the design challenge. I've never felt like I had a great answer. I haven't tried that one. That sounds cool. Um, it's different as well when like the people that are coming in late have a lot of context. They know a lot of people that, you know, they've done it before. Some people are really good at integrating and 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 knowing that I've missed a lot of context. And so I'm gonna to have to actually walk, walk kind of with some tenderness and check out what's happening and tune in before I exert too much of myself. Um, but a lot of people don't really know that that's a thing you know so they're not doing it uh, and it can be yeah it can be clunky especially to after after you've gone through some kind of climax moment and like you've all had a shared experience everyone's a bit tenderized and then someone else shows up and to me i'm i, I get a bit withdrawn you know like oh that uh, you weren't here for that thing that we did together, which was really <laughs> somehow exposing in a good way. Like we saw each other in a way, and now you're here, and uh, I don't know how I feel.
2: Yeah, and on an even more concrete level, like people showing up during activities. So mm-hmm. this was other logistic thing. And for example, people that had kids, like kids, if they arrive, they're they're. You know they're just doing their thing so sometimes this is even more disruptive because we didn't really think about how to accommodate for this and this is something that we thought about for the next time like to have arrival times even if you want to come in the middle of it just you know you cannot arrive between 9 and 12 because we're doing this thing arrive at least half an hour earlier or half an hour later
0: mm-hmm. yeah um do you guys have to go at the top of the hour or can we go a bit over time you
1: can stay i'm okay to stay longer
0: cool I wanted to hear more about the kids and what was it like for what was the experience like for families and did they have a good time was it awkward like would you do something differently you've already said yeah. a there
2: so uh there was one couple with two kids that was there for the whole time and they were camping and then there was another couple who just came one evening and stayed for a night with two kids as well so for the whole gathering, there were two kids there always. Um, One of them is eight and the other one is four, I'm not sure. Um, And we uh, initially, we planned, we have more friends with kids, but they ended up not showing up. And initially we planned in the schedule with volunteers for having like while activities are happening for people to be taking care of kids. Uh, But this ended up not happening sometimes because the kids were participating in the activities and that was super nice. Like when there was painting and also the authentic relating games, um, I organized it in a way that kids could also participate and that was cool. Um, And I think there was some uh, fear at, at the beginning from the parents, like especially because they, When they knew that their kids would be the only ones there, they were thinking, are they going to be bored or are people going to be annoyed? And are we going to have to be with the kids all the time? But actually, it ended up being very natural and fluid and organic. And everybody there loves kids. And everybody was actively voicing this in the feedback how amazing it was to have children there because there was, it was just a lot of fun, at least for me personally as well. It was so cool to play with the kids and we're taking turns naturally mm-hmm. being with them and playing with them. And and yeah, yeah. there were just like lots of moments. I, I feel like this gathering wouldn't have been even half a school without them. They, they Just like this child joy. Like I remember this one moment when one of our friends brought them um, like a bub, these things were blowing bubbles and then <laughs> we were just all having lunch and they were just so happy about these things. And one of them, like the younger one, he was just like for literally like half an hour, just walking around and blowing bubbles and looking at them and then laughing. And then again, blowing bubbles, looking at them and just laughing like, pure joy and then blowing them at someone and then laughing and I was like for this whole half an hour I was just there observing him and laughing with him and you know like these small moments just brought so much magic to it and I felt like they could have been better taken care of because sometimes there was activities that the kids were not you know they were just bored because we're just talking and they wanted to do something else or for example in this lightning talks we were, yeah, we were gathering and we were talking and there was a circle and the kids were playing around and there was not like officially anyone taking care of them. So, you know, the other pair of of, of uh, parents were kind of watching over them, but not in a way that was agreed on before. And there was some conflict there as well around this. Um, and the kids were kind of coming in and we're just telling them, look, we're, we're doing this thing now and maybe, you know, you can go play over there or there was, there were moments when an activity that was not kid friendly had to be interrupted in order for, um, for, for the kids to be taken care of. But overall, I think it was, it was cool. I, what I would change was, would be to make it really clear who is taking care of kids at what point, what activities are child friendly, how we can make more activities child friendly and how much time would parents like to have away from their kids so that they can be in not like always aware of what is happening with my children? What is what do I need to do? Yeah.
1: Mm. Also, one thing to add is that the kids we had were awesome. Yeah, like true. really, just wow! So such cool people, you know. So I think this was also something we noticed the first day, what Silvia was saying, that, you know, there were activities that we just didn't really design for mm. children participation, but we easily could have. And mm. it would be so much cooler to have them participate. Uh, but it's just something we haven't really thought about. So so it's like a missed opportunity, but a great point to improve for the next gathering.
0: Mm. It makes me think of, like, um, if you want to design an engaging experience, it's probably going to work for kids. You know, if, they, if you use kids as your as your user, it's probably going to be good for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like we're, we're going to be moving around. There's bubbles. There's going to be a little bit of conversation, but then we have fruit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it also makes me think that, again, if you have a few more people, then you can start having parallel activities. And so there can be something very boring and abstract and complex that the kids are not interested in. But then there's people are going for a walk or like there's other stuff that can keep them occupied in a happy way as well. And again, more. I mean, if you have eight kids there, then suddenly it's quite a different, a whole different enterprise. That was what I heard from the last Inspiral spiral gathering. Was um, a lot of people just said that there was a range of kids from quite young to you know, like young adults, basically. And that um, that was the highlight for a lot of people. It was just awesome to have this connection with young people and and having you know, like authentic relating, you know, having meaningful connection with them and and relating as equals and being like, wow. <laughs> awesome these little little humans are awesome (laughs) um i'm thinking there's kind of you know infinite questions i could go into uh, but i don't want to go on for too too much longer um probably the one that's most on top for me is just about um yeah the impact like what what good do you think this gathering has has done or like maybe in the short term like what was the short term benefits for people but then in the long term what's your hopes that it's what's it contributing to
1: i think that there, there is clearly impact like you can feel the difference even i don't know i think how it's manifesting is just how people relate to each other even on, for me and that's speaking very personally before i felt like i have friends. I'm happy here. It's a nice place. Now I feel like I have a family and infinite possibilities of things that we can do together, um, which is a powerful shift. Um, And I think more people feel the same way. I think we discovered some opportunities for us to do things that, you know, were not so clear before. And now it's like, oh, wow, this thing is cool and we have energy to make this happen. Let's do this so i can already i mean this was not again a little bit hidden but not hidden because i made it explicit agenda that the, the intention of this was for people to to mingle and find other people with whom maybe they want to start conversations about doing something together so we didn't want to like explicitly launch pods or projects from there but plant seeds for people to do things and i can see already this is popping up and even for me now, when I go around and, you know, we had a meeting yesterday with some friends for a birthday of a friend and just the energy is different. Like people, I think, are much more connected to each other. Like there's a different, yeah, like this this feeling from the angels walk just kind of stayed there. and And because it's an island context, I think it was last weekend and I've seen randomly in different places in the island almost every single person that was in the gathering just because you bump into people and you know they're suddenly where you are in the island which creates a different feeling so i think there is yeah there like there's the sense of really community and presence and being together and love and there is this feeling of opportunity and possibility and we can make things happen and there's enough people to make things happen Uh, both in terms of kind of more let's say random happy lifestyle projects like you know we want to do some events and things like this but also in terms of um, you know building a community moving towards more regenerative lifestyle living in this kind of arrangement producing our own food and just kind of moving towards that direction so these are kind of all possibilities that are opening up And I think one thing that really stayed with me that was during the closing session when the host of the place where we were camping was saying that because yeah, we kind of lots of people say like, oh wow, this is just such a beautiful way of living, you know, being together and okay, this is a gathering, it's different, but like to live like this, like being close to each other, helping each other it's, it's just such a beautiful way. And the host said, but you know what, this is actually possible, like you can stay here. So there was like this explicit thing that you know what if you actually decide not to end this experience but continue and i think i nobody actually you know stayed there but i think this really stayed with people and even and i think now even you know yesterday i was meeting some some friends here and and i see that the conversation changed and like even people that were not so sure or like never experienced this kind of lifestyle or you know we're not thinking if this is for them now they see hmm actually maybe let's make this happen and it doesn't need to be tomorrow but let's start putting something there because we have the foundation so i think this was really like this strong yeah it was like a strong foundation for something to do as a bigger community at least that's yeah that's for me
0: you're reminding me how at the um And during the Occupy movement, my first encounter was we went to a protest in the city square, civic square. And at the end of the day, one person said, I don't know about you, but I'm not leaving. And they put out their tent and they put their tent there. And then that became this, like, you know, it became a village that lasted for months and months and months like, and (laughs) just incredibly transformative and dramatic and all the rest. So um, it's so exciting that people can just take that decision and then it's like, it's like starting a wildfire. What about you, Celia? What do you think were the the benefits?
2: Mm, Pretty much what Michal said. Also, as Michal was speaking, I was noticing that there are certain topics or areas that bring us together as a community or certain goals. For example, uh, leaning towards a more regenerative way of living, so very much connected to permaculture and uh, living with a low environmental impact and also a lot of these projects and activities that we focus on are are based on taking action on a local island level for example uh i don't know even very practical small ideas like getting people starting initiatives to, to get people to stop using roundup to kill um, um like uh, plants that are on the streets like there's no purpose for that so this is like one of the very big topics another one is music playing music together experimenting with um improvising listening to each other like how naturally this drum crew came up there are other people who are playing music together um like more of, with, with other instruments and in a different way there's a lot of music teachers um there's a lot of talk about music people connecting over similar music that they listen to. Uh, so yeah, like these, there are other topics that, that connect us and that seem to make crews pop up naturally. Uh, and I think also being together during this gathering, we, we gravitated around these and I think they are also more present and more conversations seem to be Uh, starting to to appear around those um and yeah just feeling like really close to to these people like now I I left the island to spend the summer here in the mainland but I still feel like I'm I'm there kind of and I'm still in our uh group chats and I'm reading all the messages and I'm like oh so happy you guys are still meeting and (laughs) I feel like I'm there in a way so yeah somehow I'm not really experiencing that because i just like two days later i left um but hopefully it's temporary and and i can still feel it even if i'm not there
0: Mm. um assuming that this is um a like peak moment of connection and love and trust and attention you know like of just having people coordinated and everything and that it's going to decay somewhat over the coming months um do you have a, a vague plan or a, a firm plan for when the next pit's is going to be? Like, is there another gathering that you imagine? And what are you going to do between now and then?
1: We do. <laughs> that was part of, I mean, it was quite, quite obvious that everybody wanted more. So it's like, you know, it was a test and the test was, yes, please let's do more of this. So I think what we're going to try is to do a gathering twice a year and because of the co- kind of context of the island, we realized that the best month, like the best times, would be spring and autumn rather than summer and winter. So basically, the next one will be probably in October. Um, so it's it's kind of close in a way, which it makes it nice because you know it's not so far apart. Um, so I think we're gonna move to the rhythm, and in between, I. Don't know if we have, we haven't planned like, you know, big community, small gathering events. But I think just again, because of the context of the island, this naturally happens. So for example, one of our friends is leaving for the summer and potentially for longer in next week, actually. And basically they just invited everyone from the gathering to come to their house for, you know, like just a farewell gathering thing. Um, So I think this kind of points will just naturally happen because people have birthdays, people have events where they want to invite people. So I think even without an explicit rhythm that, okay, you know, we're going to meet now once a month to do a mini gathering thing. There's going to be this energy and it's going to be to some, some extent contained. Of course, people are very busy here because, you know, taking care of the land and everything, it really takes a lot. Um, and also
2: there are the rhythms that are already happening with crews, for example, yes. the sharing circle, uh, the drum crew, the the jam sessions that happen monthly. We're also thinking about organizing more of this kind of activities, like uh, what, what you were doing with, with Charlie and, and Annie and Michal, like organizing events just for us to come together and like do theater once a month or play music or just meet in this venue, this ruin that we use for the gathering because everyone loved it. So just yeah there are already rhythms that are in place even if it's not like let's meet like everyone and stay three days together but like one afternoon kind of thing
1: and this is something i i really learned to not learn this is something i love from like day one about context of pico that you're it's not like, hey, we're traveling to this amazing experience. It lasts for a few days and then we're leaving and then you know we stay in touch kind of, and then we come next year or next few months. But there is the sense of continuity and permanence and long-term thinking. So it's not like you're rushing for this peak experience because it's the high of everything and then it disappears and then it comes again. But it's like, ha, we reached the high point, sure. But now it's just still there. Like there is some kind of foundational layer of this natural meetings. And, you know, even things like building the campsite together, because we had some days before the gathering to turn the campsite into actual campsite. It was just, you know, space in the forest. It needed work. It's a bit of a different mindset when you build it and you know that it's going to be there for all these places and then there's this ruin and every time we do something in the ruin it's there for the future events and if you just want to put your tent there because you feel like camping just go and do it and then you know you go to a shop and you you meet a person or you go on a walk and you meet a person and so it's it's a bit of a different context but it makes it very it makes it in a way very easy to work with because you don't need to have like this specific points for things to happen because it's just part of life here um but the intention is to create more of of them just to have some kind of more events maybe more crews i hope will come out of it with time and as people discover what they want to do Um, and then those crews i guess will attract more people that weren't at the first gathering so we can bring more people for the next one Um, so this is basically the intention because Yeah, we invited, our goal was to aim for 30 people because, okay, with COVID, you can still have more bigger gatherings, but there's still, you know, like this COVID drama going on. Um, So we kept it as a private event. So it was not like open to anyone. It was very specific invite only close friends. But, you know, when we first made the guest list, it was actually (laughs) very hard to make make it 30 people because we could easily think of 70, just like this, of people who we would like there to be. So yeah, hopefully for the next one, we're gonna be able to expand it a bit more, bring more people in that are already satellites around this group. So let's see how it happens. Mm
0: -hmm. You're making me think about, um, yeah, the huge advantage of the island being a contained environment where if the objective is about weaving social fabric, it's so much easier when most of the people are not leaving. Mm-hmm. and it just makes me think like that's part of the reason I feel like I had to write micro solidarity and make this framework explicit is because a lot of people who have this desire are not living on an island they're living in an urban context where everyone keeps moving all the time and so it's like you really have to put these um almost like prosthetics in place you know you have to have these extra supportive structures mm-hmm. to like help that process get started um, but it kind of sounds that you're playing on the easy level in a way, you know, that like you're in this really fertile context. So it's like, oh, the seeds are sprouting. Like, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's really nice though. That's awesome. And hopefully, you know, obviously as you get more mature and stable, people will come in and they'll get a, they'll get a taste of it and they'll go out, you know, they go to the main end and keep remixing. Um, one more question. Um, I'm wondering about what as organizers like how's your energy levels did it was it exhausting did it take anything out of you did it did you leave feeling like relaxed and spacious or drained and frustrated or like is this both. a thing that you could do every week or yeah how, how's that energy expenditure
2: um yeah i like i was kind of joking but but both in a way like physically tired because there was a lot of things to do and and we didn't sleep as much as we usually do outside of gathering space. Um, but yeah, I, f- I feel like me, for me personally, I, I, I was able to take quite a lot of space for myself uh, in specific moments during the gathering. Uh, so it was not overwhelming. Uh, also probably because there were not that many people uh, it was not like something huge. And everyone was really, really helpful. Um, everyone was always offering uh, to help, even if like, for example, I was in charge of um, of cooking and managing the, the teams of cooks for each day and like um, managing the, the food and everything. And for each day, there were two cooks, but there was always more people coming in and offering help, like to clean the dishes, to clean the kitchen, to help cook, to serve. Uh, if things were late there was always help if someone couldn't do something for anything that there was always help like every time I found myself in a position of doing something that was either unexpected or more work than expected there was always someone there how can I help Uh, so in that sense it was really nice and it was it was tiring because it was a lot of work but also because there was so much like openness and this kind of loving energy I felt very nourished and and energized and light all the time so it was physically tiring but it was emotionally nourishing and also I have a a lot of self-care practices in place that also help me re-energize and I'm quite good with that in general so um, yeah my body felt very capable of of taking care of it um, of, of my energy levels and it was, it was pretty much fine for me. Uh, but of course, I was also physically very tired at the end. And I just took a few days to mm. to rest. And I'm still kind of recovering also because I moved to the mainland immediately after. And we had to pack our whole house. So I'm not sure like what part of this tiredness is just from the gathering and what is also from what came after.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think for me, it's kind of a similar story. Um... It, it was tiring, but in the same time, the energy that was coming back was just immense. Um, I don't know, like for me, I realized I was noticing through the, the gathering that because a lot of kind of shaping initial ideas came from me, I was having, I kind of was defaulting to taking responsibility for things if nobody stepped in to take care of them. So basically what happened at the end is I ended up facilitating many things and holding the whole thing. And it felt a bit too much, but I think this was something, you know, and I knew I couldn't let go. And I did that at the end, you know, like nobody really stepped in to do the adventure hunt. So I kind of assumed that it's my responsibility, but then it was just too much for me to do. So I said, you know, guys, sorry, it's just time, time off. Um, and then it was kind of the same story with the party like i wanted to you know prepare the music and everything but it was just not enough time so it was just kind of you know random spotify playlist which ended up being nice anyway and then we you know so it was all good and that felt also amazing for me because i felt a little bit in sometimes that i failed like you know i didn't do this activity that i say i would do or i didn't say i would do i said in the program it's this activity But then nobody stepped in to facilitate. So obviously, it's my responsibility, at least obviously to me, right? So it felt a little bit like a failure, but it really didn't because the people just made it so nice and so easy and so beautiful that I, you know, it was like totally okay. Um, And everyone was so helpful. So whenever, and it was proactive help. So it was not even that you need to ask for help, but whenever you know, just help appears all the time. So it was also part of my old mindset that, you know, I, I like doing things myself and just kind of micromanaging. I learned already to let go of that. And it was beautiful experience. So I had this feeling like, you know, there was an old part of me that is kind of micro-organizing and takes responsibility for many things and all of that. But then there was this other part, which is like, no, you know, let's go. Let things emerge and things will happen. And they did. So in a way I was constantly every day proving to myself that I can just let go of responsibility. And it's not my event, it's our event. And it was a very beautiful feeling, you know, like really touching to be in this space. And I think and I think because of that, I I didn't really burn out or anything. You know, I could I'm excited to do it again in, in a few months. Maybe not every week. That would be probably too much. Uh, but I feel actually more energy to host and make events happen and find a way for me not to do the hosting posture all the time. But actually, no, sometimes I just want to facilitate one thing and have fun. And I think everybody's actually open to that because people want to also learn to be in different positions. So I think this is something we also discussed, that we want to be rotating all those roles of, you know, facilitating and holding the kind of macro Thing of the gathering and you know different aspects of cooking and all of that and people are already stepping in i think what what was a big learning it was a bit unintentional but actually it worked perfectly was to see which people like to do what and this just happened naturally because whenever help was needed people who wanted to help with something they just were there to help with it naturally so we already know of oh okay when it comes to decorating spaces Talk to these people. If we need a cooking crew, those are the guys to talk to. If we need, you know, something related to logistics or cutting wood and you know preparing the campsite, this is the person to talk to. So, so it was it was very nice to have this very safe and easy environment to figure out who likes to do what. So then next time we can have more explicit responsibilities that then we can rotate so more people can learn all those different aspects of, you know, gathering and things related to it, right? Because it's not just the gathering as an event, it's also connected very much to community living here in the island and all this regenerative lifestyle that that Sude was
0: mentioning. Um, I have this urge rising in me. Uh, May I give you advice? um just from what you've described it sounds like it sounds like things are going well it sounds like you're off to a really good start uh, and what i what's that what stands out to me is the riskiest part of the system is um the bottleneck on on you two, and maybe there's some other people as well it's not i know it's not exclusively you two but um that that hospitality that hosting that organizer that measure perspective um that's usually what's in short supply um and it does take a while for other people to develop the confidence and the competence and for the priorities to line up and everything so that you really can share that. So um, I'm just thinking about how to guarantee that you're on a trajectory where it becomes really shared, the holding becomes shared. And what comes to mind is that you've got, you know, people practices in place. So like, if you keep going back to the same place, um, the place is gonna do a lot of the hosting for you. The the lessons are gonna be in in the land, in the rocks. You won't have to worry about it. It'll just do that. And you won't have to sweat to get the campsite ready because the campsite's ready, ready. Practices, over time, I mean, you're all great with the documentation. So just notice which things worked really well and make sure that people, anyone that's hosting the next one knows, hey, look, we did 10 things, three of them are awesome. You don't need to use them, but you can. Don't have to start from scratch. And then people, I think this is probably the most careful one to be, is I would really take care on the next gathering to not have more than like maybe 30% newcomers. Like really get the same people back where so much of the implicit agreement is already there. People know what they're there for, even though you won't be able to explain it exactly. And if you just have a kind of rule of thumb of like, yeah, 30% newcomers or something like that each time, Um, it'll become self-hosting and self-organizing I think really naturally this is my guess you know you've got to be careful with advice because I don't know what I'm talking about I'm not in your context but that's that feels important for me to say
2: thank you rich that makes a lot of sense and it sounds like it really fits and it's great next steps and great advice yeah especially this Yeah, I really like the idea of the space organizing itself. If you just stay there and and it's true, like we already did so much there and and there is, and and the space also learned from the experience. And I totally agree with the 30% newcomers. I think this is something I hadn't thought about, but Mm. I think it will end up happening naturally, but it's good to hear that so that we don't try to just kind of um, expand beyond our capacity.
0: I've had a bad experience with, oh, it's time for our regular gathering and actually the community members are not really available. And so there's like less, less than 50% of the people there have been there before. Um, and that is just, it's just a completely different thing once you get to that ratio. It's like, and it was very hard for me to let go of my expectations of what it was supposed to be, you know, and I found that really difficult. So just be aware of that. Yeah. Um, I think we should wrap up. Um, maybe we could take a breath and think about um, if there's a few people watching this video in the future, you know, we're currently in the present, but they're in the future. Uh, If you imagine that there's five or 10 people and they're sitting in the circle with us and they're in a similar situation to you, they're also holding a community or they're dreaming of being in a community like that. Is there any closing thoughts for that circle?
2: I think something that comes up for me is um, for as long as it's possible and it's nice, so it's like a piece of advice, um, for as long as it's possible and it's, it's good if it is possible for a long time, always try to reach out to each person individually and explain things individually and, and not try to scale up and think about it as this big collective thing and, and just like being super effective in the sense that I can just send a group message and everything will be taken care of. Try to k- keep individual connections because it will always be better. And it doesn't mean that you have to be in charge of making sure that everyone knows everything, but like make sure that everyone is in touch with someone else. And if you can, also it doesn't mean that you have to be the only one reaching out to everyone, but, but it's, it's nice. And it, it, it's just a small effort, especially when you have just 20-something people, that goes a long way. Mm. What about I you, Mihajl?
1: I can really relate to that. I think one thing that is coming up for me is... And it's funny because every time I'm in this context, I just give advice to myself, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm noticing this very much. But it's like the, the thing that really blew my mind when I was reading Micro Solidarity for the first time is like people over projects. And I think there's so much, especially, you know, when we all are activists and people who want to change the world for the better, our instinct is to just like jump into doing things that change the world or our community or whatever. But there is just ridiculous amount of value of in just spending time together without a project. And the project can be spending time together project We just get to know each other and see each other for a long period of time in different circumstances through conflicts and not conflicts and fun and you know not fun times and this just makes so much difference um and it removes so much pressure and like this conflict potential that if it just explodes in the early phases the relationships can really suffer um yeah so i think this is really something that i'm really enjoying here in 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 our work here that we really focused on on doing the relationship work for a very, very, very long time. And it's still ongoing. So I still don't think like, you know, we are in the still in the space where some projects are sprouting, but really it's not yet there where we can make explicit projects, you know, to start doing things. I mean, they will happen naturally, but it our work is more about bringing people together for a few days so they can pause their life pause the projects and spend the time together and, and just get to know each other. Um, and have fun. Exactly. Fun Which is really difficult important. because, yeah, we all care about the things we do. We have work, we have all the other things. Um, so it's not so easy to bring people to spend time together or it's not always so easy. So yeah, the value of this is just immense.
0: Mm. And, and what Sylvia is saying about the one-on-one, that's an example for me of you've both got a lot of skills, some of which will be unconscious that you're doing to help bring that group together. And so like that one-on-one thing for me beforehand, you know, like before the gathering starts, that contact, it's like tuning an instrument. It's like, you've actually got a chance to adjust the salience landscape a little bit, to to shift a little bit, like to tune into what's their frame of reference, what's their language, what are their needs, what kind of expectations have they got? That's a little bit off that you're never going to get with an email, you know, that, that, yeah, I've seen that, um, It's a pattern, definitely. Um, I think. I think my closing thought is: I recently listened to an extended podcast with David Sloan Wilson, and he does. He's kind of like, how do we design pro-social groups, you know, as opposed to like anti-social groups? Um, And he's an evolutionary biologist, and so he's always bringing this frame of cultural evolution, and 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 thinking about like, the story of human history is about evolving our our ability to cooperate at larger and larger scales. So from families to bands, to tribes, to nations, to international, you know. Uh, and for us to thrive in the next century, we really need to be able to scale up again our ability to cooperate. And a lot of the r and a lot of the, R&D, a lot of the evolutionary um, rapid iteration is happening at the scale of like families and, and crews and little congregations like this. And his, his message which really landed with me was like, um, and I think actually Joshua said a very similar thing, Joshua Weil from Inspiral, um, that, that like your job is not to make the most amazing community and change the world, you've just got to evolve the DNA and if your community disintegrates then at least please make sure that your DNA is getting mixed back into the gene pool. Like you're just, there's a species and you're just one, you're just one animal um but that said if you do feel like your animal is getting sick please call me i really want to i would really prefer it if you get to just keep experimenting for the next 10 or 20 years and that um if you get yourself into hot water that you can press press the bat signal and some people are going to come in and help um because it sounds like what you're doing is really yeah really magic and i look forward to coming to visit firsthand sometime soon
1: you're more than welcome to come anytime you want i'll be very happy to receive you and thank you for
2: your offer to help
1: really appreciate
0: it yeah it it comes from a place of joy and enthusiasm and generosity and it's real i'd love to i'd love to make a difference um i think the last thought that i have on my mind you're going to say i already have thank you (laughs) and the last thing i have on my mind is that if there are people watching this video and they're like oh i would like to have a taste of this we're going to run another micro solidarity practice program at the end of September so there's like a space to get online and practice with a few strangers and learn some like how do you do all of these how do you do an authentic relating game that you Sylvia just mentioned in like two seconds like oh well there's a lot of specific skills there so that would be a thing to do
2: highly recommend
1: well it's like the eternal gratitude for you rich because After reading micro solidarity, we started doing this work here. So it really was the catalyst for for us to start. And we went to the first
2: micro solidarity course. I think it was the first one, right? Yeah. And it also helped us a lot. So yeah. This wouldn't have happened without it. So I highly recommend if you're watching this.
0: (laughs) Nice. Okay.
2: Thank you, Rich. Let's wrap it up.
1: Thank you, Rich.